This is the Macmillan Library Podcast, a community conversation maker, bringing you curated conversations with Macmillan librarians, community members, authors, musicians, artists, and more. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Michelle Grakowski from Three Seas Literary Agency. She was kind enough to drive up from Madison to do a podcast and to speak to our local National Novel Writing Month participants about the publishing industry. We had a discussion about publishing, query letters, literary agents, and more. You can learn how literary agents find manuscripts and what you can do to give yours a better chance of making it to the top. And I also want to take this chance to congratulate all the writers out there who sacrificed their November trying to achieve a 50,000-word novel. Even if you didn't make it to the goal, I encourage you to keep up with the daily writing practice over the year. And stay tuned to the podcast and the Macmillan Library website as we will be continuing our efforts to foster local writers meeting their goals by offering ongoing writing groups, author talks, contests, and podcasts. Feel free to submit suggestions for writing-related events in the future. Direct messages on Twitter, at Macmillan Podcast, with any suggestions that you may have. And now, here's Michelle. Thanks for stopping down, Michelle. First of all, I would just like to find out, um, you're in the publishing business, you own a literary agency. Um, what got you into that work? Have you always wanted to work in publishing? Sure. It's actually kind of an interesting story. Um, my aunt was a published author back when I was in high school. She had written three books for Harlequin and she dedicated one of the books to me. And so I was like, oh my goodness, I want to be a writer. I want to see my name and, you know, I, I, I want to follow her footsteps. She's always been kind of my idol. So, um, I went to the UW Madison and, pursued a degree in journalism, thinking I wanted to be a writer. But while I was there, I was working for the UW hospital in their purchasing department. And I totally fell in love with like the business side of everything. Um, I saw these sales reps that were coming in and out every day. And I'm like, man, I think I really want to get into sales. So I kind of switched my focus in journalism. Instead of more of the writing track, I started doing more of the marketing, advertising, and PR track, um, trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to actually sell. Um, luckily, working in purchasing, one of the agents said, Michelle, there's a new job opening up for a computer company um, doing education sales to the education market in the state. And I'm like, huh, maybe I'll check that out. Um, so my first job right out of school was selling computers. Okay. And I loved everything that went with selling. I loved like the marketing, the advertising, working with my customers, helping them fill needs. But the computers were... <laughs> So in the meantime, my aunt um, had gotten a little, had a little bit of a health scare. And so to try to get her back into writing, my grandma and my mom and my aunt and I all formed a critique group. I wrote the first chapter of a romance and I was like, you guys, (laughs) I love editing. I love brainstorming. I love critiquing. I love everything that comes with this process, but the writing itself, not for me. And um, so my aunt, I said, I'd rather sell yourself, your stuff rather than write my own. And my aunt said, Michelle, people do that. I'm like, what? And she told me about agents. And I'm like, okay, that's a total job for me. Because coming from Wisconsin, obviously, we're not a huge publishing hub. So I didn't even know that there was a thing, you know, like a literary agent kind of a thing. And so 
I um, started researching the market. I knew I wanted to sell what I loved, which was romance. So I joined Romance Writers of America. Um, they send out a really cool like market guide. Um, and every quarter, they would list all the editors that were looking for romances. So um, I had quit my job in sales at this point. I went back to the UW Hospital. I was working as a purchasing agent because I wanted to learn the other side of the desk, the contract negotiation side. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to New York and I said, hey, I'm thinking about starting this literary agency from Madison, Wisconsin. And this is way back in 2000 when really to be a legit agent, you know, I mean, authors especially thought, well, you need to be in New York City. And he said, you know, do you think this is okay? And they said, yeah, if you can spot good talent, we don't care where you are, you know, with phones and faxes. That's how old I am. <laughs> they said, we can get a hold of you anywhere. Um, and so I said, all right. So I took that as a go. In your 20s, you're pretty fearless, you know, and I'm like, all right, I can do this. And I jumped right into it. And so I've been agenting for 17 and a half years now. And it's just been a fantastic fantastic company. And I've grown from just myself. Um, we have two other agents in the agency. We have a, an assistant that reads all of our queries and a business manager. And it's just been a great growth and really fun. Wow. That's so, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and what's the climate of the publishing industry since you started? Has it all been smooth sailing or have you had to adjust anything? Good pun with three C's. <laughs> yeah, we've actually had to really navigate our C's quite a bit um, because it has really changed. When I first started agenting, it was pretty linear. You know, I mean, we had authors, the authors wrote the books, the publishers were able to get them into the bookstores. Co-op was great. Co-op meaning paid placement. So the publishers, if they really wanted to spotlight an author, would offer money to the booksellers to have their books placed in prominent places within the bookstores um, or airports or drugstores or wherever. And we had great distribution at that point. There was Borders and, you know, Barnes and Noble and Books a Million. There were a lot of really great retailers. And the secondary markets like Walmarts and Targets were really booming. Um airports, everything. And now as the years have progressed and with the advent of self-publishing through Kindle and KDP and authors had a new platform to put their work out um, and they started putting their books onto Amazon and charging 99 cents. And we started seeing the decline of shelf space with borders closing. And so yeah, the early 2010s <laughs> were really interesting for us because we had to kind of reevaluate with this new self-publishing movement to figure out price points and to figure out the best way to help our authors publish su- successfully. Um, so we've actually, we do a lot of work with our hybrid authors, you know, authors that are both self-publishing but also want their foot in the traditional door. So it's been a really interesting okay. growth for us. Yeah, and recently, what, Book World is closing all their stores around the area. Right. And I do a lot of work in the inspirational market, you know, and with a lot of the Christian bookstores closing, you know, it's been kind of a bleak time for booksellers, for the big box booksellers. But it's also opened up a lot of doors for more specialty bookstores to be opening. Um, In LA, there's a ripped bodice (laughs) bookstore that's been doing great. They specialize in romance. And so they're known all throughout our industry. um, And a lot of they do a lot of author events, you know, so and there's little mystery bookstores popping up, you know, so I think there's opportunities for booksellers. It's just in a different format than what it used to be. So 
Where did the name come from, speaking of the three C's? Sure. Um, it actually came from my family. Um, my aunt is Corey, who incidentally is one of my agents. Um, when I started getting way too busy and having too many great queries coming in, but my list was getting really full, I was like, oh, I need to hire another agent, you know? And she, at that point, had saw the fun I was having. <laughs> and I gave her a manuscript. I'm like, hey, what do you think about this one? And she's like, all right, I think I want an agent. And I'm like, sweet. So she ended up joining me um, about six years into the agency. Um, so the first C is Corey. My mom is Carla and my grandma is Carol. And so they were my inspiration to starting okay. the agency. So it's the three C's. And I always say, if you turn a three sideways, it looks like an M for Michelle. <laughs> so we're all yeah, covered. That's good. <laughs> What's your favorite aspect of working as a literary agent now? It's really helping authors. It's really that career guidance and coming up with the best plan because everyone is an individual, you know, and your career path is not the same as somebody else's career path. So it's really fun to just kind of work on the psychology of being a writer and figuring out what the best growth path is for each individual author. And I love developing manuscripts and brainstorming ideas and coming up with new ideas. Um, so really that whole author development and career development is my favorite part. Okay. And I was going to ask you if you write yourself, but you already answered that. You don't write, yeah, right? No. Still don't write. It's funny. I don't, um, but I have some ideas for like a children's book. I'm kind of working with one of my authors on a secret nonfiction project um, that we're hoping to launch. So it's more the fiction. I have a million ideas and I share them with my authors. I'm like, all right, here's this idea that I've been dreaming. And like when I can't sleep at night, I plot books. And so then I'll give those plots to my authors and I'm like, what about this? And then they'll kind of take it and own it and make it their own. Okay. So I'm kind of the idea girl. But yeah, when it comes to actually writing itself, uh, I'm just too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we just got through National Novel Writing Month for people writing 50,000-word novels in one month. All right. I was not successful in that endeavor. Um, it takes a lot of time. It sure does. <laughs> it sure does. And it's really hard, too, I mean, because every process is different. And so for me, I think... The reason why I don't write, honestly, is because I'm such a self-editor. And so everything I'm putting on the paper, I'm like, no, this isn't right. No, this isn't right. And so it does. It's mm. it's a labor of love, you know? And yeah, so, I do that too. Yeah. And I took like six years to write my novel. And then to try to do it in a month <laughs> is a little... Yeah. A little tough to stop that editing. It really is. It's really hard to get into that mindset. And so, and I think that that's what's so great about Nano is they really do. It really is that idea of just get it down on the paper and then edit. Mm -hmm. But that's a really hard process for a lot of writers to follow. Yeah, it's helpful. But as I was writing it, I was thinking about how much work I was making for myself. Because I'm like, I know that's a bad sentence. Right. I'm going to skip it. I'm going to have to come back and I'm going to have to redo it. Right, right. <laughs> it's going to be like triple the work. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. It's hard. It's really hard to just let it go. And I, and it's, and for some authors, they just can't, you know, yeah. and it's. Or what if I never find it and right. I try to let someone read it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And yeah, when a new author or someone new to this business, it's literary agency publishing is really a weird nebulous. It's hard to understand what you really should do. And apparently what you should do is write a query letter to a literary agent. Am I correct? Yeah, that's a first step. Um, is Yeah, if... Finding an agent is kind of a difficult process just because we receive over a thousand submissions a month, you know, and we're not alone. I mean, there's hundreds of agents out there, thousands probably <laughs> at least. And um, 
So it's really difficult to try to get that attention when every agency is receiving that volume of submissions. Mm -hmm. So writing a good query is absolutely the first step. You know, it, it's your first it's your first step into a door. It's introducing your work. So there's a lot of resources on the web to try to help, you know, put together the query format. Um, another great way to reach out and to meet agents is to go to conferences, you know, and to set up one-on-one -on -one pitch appointments or to just kind of really listen, you know, and sit into their workshops to see what they're looking for. Because we, out of those thousand submissions that we receive, we'll end up getting poetry or screenplays or things that we just don't represent, you mm -hmm. know? So it's really important as an author to, to narrow down your list of maybe your top 10 or top 15 agents that really mesh with what you're working on and to really aggressively try to figure out a way to, to open that door a little bit more than even that query. Um, Contests, you know, a lot of agents judge contests, and that's a great way to get yourself in front of them um, because <laughs> we have to read it. It's not going through a screener first. Um, most agents have a reader that's reading through all the submissions because, again, with okay, that volume, yeah. we just can't read through everything, um, which is why we rely on somebody to pre-screen everything because our lists are really full and we're busy developing projects for our authors. Um, so, but with contests, we're reading every entry that's coming to us with the finalists. So, so it's a good way to kind of break into, so. Yeah, you mentioned receiving things that you don't really represent. Mm -hmm. So be a good advice for people looking for literary agent, maybe to, like you said, you need to find somebody that's gonna work well with you. Like right. if you accepted them, they should actually deny that because they wouldn't be a good partnership and you wouldn't be really wanting to or have the right connections for the screenplay. Right. So right. They want to find that right matchup. Yep. That's, that's such a great point. Um, there's a lot of different offshoots on that too. So really researching is the first point, you know, like once you have your book written, then the real fun comes in. And that is really that research phase, you know, and who does best represent your voice and what you're writing, because even within a genre, you know, I mean, there's gritty mysteries, and there's cozy mysteries, you know, and if you by looking and analyzing the agent's list, you can kind of see how you fit and what they're kind of really interested in. Um, a good clue is if you have a favorite author, you know, that kind of you could comp your material to, look in their acknowledgments because most of the time in the acknowledgement or the dedication, it'll list like who their agent is, you know, mm -hmm. and so that's a good starting point to just kind of go in that direction. Or joining a professional organization, um, you know, if you write children's books, for example, joining the SCBWI, <laughs> the Society for Ch Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, is a good um, organization to get into. They do market updates, they have conferences, and they have good writers loops online. So you can kind of figure out what agents are looking for what, um, because it is pretty specific in our tastes on what we're interested in. So, What is... Could you give just maybe like a number one or two thing you look for in if you were to look at a query letter? Sure. For a query, um, for me, it's really more about the writing. So for our submission guidelines, we, we request the query letter, but we also request the first chapter of the manuscript because – the query, it's important to put any sort of writing qualifications you have, you know, and if you're published or if you've won any contests or, you know, any sort of, it's pretty much your bio, you know, it's your, it's your cover letter to get somebody to read your resume is really what that mm -hmm. query letter is. But the most important part is that resume, you know, which is the actual writing itself, because 
you could write a perfect query letter, but then if your writing falls short, I can't do anything with it. Or on the other hand, you could write a query letter that's just kind of basic, but then once I get into your writing, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is something I have to represent. So it's really kind of that perfect package of having a really nicely done professional cover letter in quotes, um, which is your query letter, but then having that really polished first chapter ready so that you really hook that agent so that they're like, oh my God, I have to read the rest of this. I need to know what's going to happen here. Um, which also, we also need a synopsis. So there's three parts to your submission. It's your the query letter, the synopsis, and then your first chapter. And every agency is different. Some request first three chapters. Some want to see the full right away. So again, that goes into the research phase. You know, So once you identify the agents that you want to submit to, visit their websites because they're they're very specific in what they're looking for and how they want things submitted. Um, for example, we don't accept phone queries, you know, because it's, it would be too hard if authors were calling all day saying, I have this great book and trying to pitch it on the phone. I would spend my crazy. whole time yeah, talking <laughs> on the phone. So, um, and most agents don't accept phone queries. Um, so really just read through their, their description on what they're looking for in their queries. Okay. And on the flip side of that, is there any mistakes you see authors make when they're trying to sell their book that is like a common one that you could warn people about? Sure. One thing that I would really say is it's really, it, there's a fine line and balance, you know, to get somebody interested in reading your work. And one thing that we often see is my mom loves this book and all my friends, I've showed it to everyone and they all love this book and they think it's going to be a bestseller. And that's perfect and great. And that feels really good to yourself, you know, but to me, I'm like, well, there's other things that we have to look at, you know, so you don't really need to put that kind of material into your query letter. Um, another example of a query that I received one time with email submissions, especially it's, <laughs> it's really you because you're trying to stand out ab uh, above the pack. I had one author send me something all in this really light pink font and it was all this like cursive and I couldn't even read it. And I was like, Ooh. what in the world does this say? <laughs> and so I actually took the time to copy and paste it into word. And then I had to change the font and the, everything just to kind of see what it was saying. Cause I'm like, well, it must be kind of interesting, but it was just a standard query, you know? And so, mm -hmm. um, and normally I wouldn't take the time to do, but it just, yeah, I was gonna say, my, yeah. so don't do that. But <laughs> I would think that, normally a literary yeah. agent would just be like, delete, delete. Exactly. <laughs> that would normally be an automatic delete. But so, and so anything gimmicky like that, I would kind of shy away from just because yeah most of the time that wouldn't happen i was just for some reason just extra curious <laughs> on that one but it i didn't request it just because i knew it was a gimmick you know and so i would shy away from trying to do anything like gimmicky um and finally with e-queries if you are as an agent, I'm expecting that you're sending to multiple agencies and that's totally 100% acceptable because it does take us time to go through because we do read through all the submissions. And as you, as you can see with one person reading a thousand submissions a month, there's quite a backlog, you know? And yeah. so, um, so I fully expect and want you to go out and submit to other agents. That being said, if you have, if you submit to us, you know, and if another agent says, Hey, I'm interested, it's really a good professional courtesy to let all the other agents know, you know, that you have interest in it. So then we can pull that and take a peek at it too. Um, or to pull it, you know, if you're really excited about the agent that offered representation to let us know so that we're not putting it into the queue to still be read. Um, but that being said, if you're sending to multiple 
agents. Make sure that in the two line, you know, that you're sending it directly to an agent and you're putting like, dear Michelle, you know, or something to personalize that query. One of the mistakes that we often see is that they'll blast out and an author will send an email blast to in the two line, we'll see like 50 agents um, oh, and they don't blind copy yeah. the agents. And then it says, dear agent. So when I see something like that, I'm like, okay, you really don't care who you're getting. You really are interested in me, you know, in me looking at your work. You're just interested in anyone looking at your work. And that kind of just brings it down a few pegs. So really treat that query letter as a very professional um resource, you know, and that, and show that you're really sending it to me because, hey, I see that you represent Carolyn Sparks and I love her vampire romances mm-hmm. and I would love, and my voice is very similar to hers. If you're personalizing it in some way, then it actually stands out a little bit more out of the crowd. Are there any manuscripts right now that you're really excited about? I'm always super excited <laughs> about a lot of them. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually, my agency was founded really on romance and women's fiction. As we've seen things change, I've kind of taken a little bit of a open door policy where I'm looking at more nonfiction projects. I'm looking at more mysteries and thrillers and cozies and um, along the lines of, you know, just really opening up my eyes to other avenues. Um, one of the authors I'm really excited about, I've been working hand in hand with Monte Ball, um, who was a running back for the Badgers and oh, yeah. um, very successful running back, Heisman Trophy finalist. And he's just a great man. And he played professional ball for like three years um, or two years, I'm sorry, in Denver and ended up having some issues with alcohol and it ended up derailing his career. Um, so we're writing a wonderful, he's writing, I'm helping him, um, edit the book. It's a wonderful, um, self-help book for, we're reaching in towards that high school, um, college age student, but also his fans, you know, just so that they can kind of get a glimpse into the real Monte. Um, so they can really see the issues and the struggles that he had with alcohol and how well he was able to hide it from himself. And then once he realized it from the rest of the, the community. So we really want to get into those kids to say, look, these are some issues that you need to look at within yourself if you're using, but also in your friends, you know, so you can help people get help before it's too late. Um, so he's, just a terrific guy and he's doing a lot of great um, community resource and outreach. And so I'm really excited to get his message out in a book. So yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. I remember him playing for Denver. Yeah. I wondered what happened to him. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. He ended up, um, his personal life just overshot everything. And so it's just really great to see the path that he's on, you know, and I'm just so excited to help him share that message and just to get out there. Nice. Um, yeah. Cause he's that's really awesome. passionate about helping with substance abuse. So. How did that uh, come about since that's not normally your... Yeah, it was actually, oh my gosh, it was super interesting. My brother actually was getting married and he was looking for someone to play the accordion for just a little brief interlude at the reception. And so I went on to Craigslist of all things um, (laughs) to try to find somebody to come to Wisconsin Dells to play the accordion for just like... 10 minutes at his wedding. And so as I was on Craigslist, which I never go on, I saw there was a little um, spot, like a little tag for writers. And so I'm like, well, I wonder what people are looking for on here. And so I clicked on a thing and it on his actually, and he didn't mention his name. He just said he was looking for a ghost writer. And so I'm like, wait a minute. And just by his email address, I'm like, 
this kind of sounds like it could be Monday, you know? And so um, so I just reached out and I said, hey, if you're looking for a ghostwriter, I'm not really a writer, I'm an agent, but I'm local and I'd be happy to help you with this. And so we ended up wow. um, connecting that way. That's it was crazy. bizarre, so totally bizarre. So we talk about that all the time. I'm like, it was like the universe was working because... Yeah, <laughs> I would have never found him, you know, and he would have never heard about me, you know, or thought about reaching out to an mm-hmm. agent at that point. He was looking for a ghostwriter. So it's been a really fun process. And I've gotten a lot of editors already really excited about the project. So I'm I'm really hopeful about it. So he's finishing nice. the book and should be ready within the next couple of days, actually. And we're going to be meeting next week to go over it. So, yeah. Nice. That's exciting. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, For you, what over the years do you have a... Uh... Favorite author that you could share for a favorite couple? That's like asking for a favorite child. <laughs> but no, actually, Katie McAllister and I, um, she's one of my New York Times bestselling authors. So I started my business in August of 2000. She signed with me in October. Um, so right after I had just started the agency, I didn't know a thing about agenting. And she really put her eggs into my basket and said, we'll grow together. And we really did. We sold her first book. Um, together in May of the following year. One of the funny things when I started the agency, since I had a sales background, uh, <laughs> I really thought, okay, I'm an agent, so everything I submit is going to be sold. And that was a really hard, cold, hard lesson that I had to learn quickly, that number one, things are very slow in publishing. <laughs> number two, not everything that I submit is going to sell. Um, I went to a conference to Romantic Times, and I sat on a panel. So this would have been, I started the agency in August. This was in November. And I they put me on an agent panel. And I was like, oh my goodness, I don't really know anything about anything. At this point, I'm still learning. Um, and so I sat on this panel with this Deidre Knight, who runs the Knight Agency. And so she's about six years ahead of me in the agenting business. and And she's super successful and has done great things. And I'm like, so I'm sitting next to her, and after the panel, I'm like, Deidre, I've been in business for three months, and I haven't sold a book. I don't know what I'm going to do. And she laughed in my face, <laughs> and she said, Michelle, it took me nine months to make my first sale, and look where I am now. I'm like, okay, if it took Deidre nine months, I have nine months to make this work, and if it doesn't work, then I know that I need to get out of this thing. And so luckily, within eight months, I sold the two books. I sold Katie McAllister, and then Brenda Mott was actually my first sale to Harlequin. Um, so I was like, all right, if I can do two books, I can do this, you know? And so I kind of took that and ran with it. But the great thing about Katie is we really grew together. So we sold her first book together and then the rest is history. You know, we went through the times and, you know, it's just been a really great, great career thing. Um, she's super smart with business. And so we've, we figured a lot of things out together in the beginning and now we've just, yeah, keep going. And yeah. Speaking of figuring things out, um, so you're talking about selling these books to editors or publishing houses. Is it kind of the same process an author goes through to try to get a literary agent and you're doing it the next level up or is it a bit different? It's a little bit different only because, um, yes, initially it was very much like that. I was sending out queries and, you know, visiting New York or meeting editors at conferences trying to develop the relationship. The difference is, you know, I'm coming at this with establish relationships now with the editors. So Mm, if I have a project, you know, like even like with Montes and I'm like, okay, you know what, Kate, where do I send this? You know, who, who is a good recommendation? So now I've developed 
strong relationships with editors within all of the big houses, you know, that so my network is there, you know, so yeah. if I have a project, they're able to help me figure out the right person if they're not the right person to look at that book. Um, so it's a little bit different because as an author, you're coming in cold, you know, and sending in that query. But after 17 years in this, you know, I've no, developed yeah. quite a strong friendships with a lot of editors in a lot of different places. And a lot of that is, again, just the networking from going to conferences and just phone conversations, visiting New York, going to lunches, you know, and just really getting to know their tastes and what they're looking for. And then developing that trust by sending them manuscripts that fit what they're mm -hmm. looking for. So even if they can't buy it for some reason, you know, if the market isn't right or with romance, it's just shrunk so much, you know, all of their lists have shrunk where they're looking for very specific types of things and specific types of authors. So even if we can't match on something, they still know that I'm sending them quality work. Um, so then they do take a look, you know, as opposed to sitting in a slush pile um, yeah. when you're submitting cold. So, uh, And then any recommendations for new books to read? Hmm. that have just come out or that may be coming oh, out oh mine okay good because i was like wait a minute part of the part of the downfalls of agenting is that i don't have a lot of time to read yeah. outside of my author circle so <laughs> so that's always my stress is like oh my goodness what have i read lately well i've read all <laughs> kinds of submissions and i've polished a lot of things um no so i i do i actually another one of my nonfiction books that i just totally adore is um penguins can't fly and it was written by jason kotecki and he is just he's a um a public, a public speaker, he speaks around the country on fighting adultitis, which is trying to bring joy back into our lives, you know, and remembering how to be a kid. Because he said, you know, we're all afflicted with this horrible illness called adultitis, you know, <laughs> where yeah. stress overruns our lives. And so it's trying to find a great way to just bring back that joy of youth. Um, so he wrote a wonderful book for me, Penguins Can't Fly. Um, and it's all about breaking the rules, you know, and looking at conventional things like you, thou shalt not eat breakfast for, or eat dessert first, you know? And so it's, and then he goes into a big long talk about how it's important to just kind of change your philosophy on how you look at things. Um, he's also a, a very gifted artist. So we were very lucky with St. Martin's. They allowed him to actually lay out the entire book. Um, so it's a gift book size and it has all of his original art in it and then all of his speaking topics that he does around the country. So it's a great book um, as a gift, you know. And, it's and that just, one's out right now? Yeah, already? that one's out right okay. now. So, um, And then upcoming, like C.L. Wilson is one of my great romance, fantasy romance writers. Um, she just had a new book that was released that her fans have been clamoring for for a couple of years. Um, and that just hit the shelves. I have, yeah, just a really great wealth of just different types of authors, you know, but mainly on the romance women's fiction side, you know. And so, yeah, and Katie McAllister, Carolyn Sparks just had a great new fantasy romance that came out. Um, she's another one of my Times bestsellers. So, can people find these authors on your website? Do you they have can. Yes. Yep. I have an author list on the website, um, and then also on my Facebook page, I try to promo when there's new releases and everything coming out too. So, and on Twitter too. <laughs> but what's the Twitter handle? Uh, three C's lit. So it's all spelled out. So it's okay. T H R E E S C A S L I T. All right. So. Great. Thanks for uh, stopping down and oh, you're welcome. talking to us. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We hope you use this information to strike up a local conversation. We believe in the power of community and story here at the library, and we have plenty of stories in book, ebook, CD, DVD, and magazine form. 
Check us out at macmillanlibrary.org to see upcoming events, including concerts, speakers, movies, and more. We also have free online classes through Gale Courses, as well as a host of databases for your research needs. If you can't find what you're looking for, stop in at the information desk. The Macmillan Conversation Maker podcast can be found at macmillanlibrary.org backslash podcast. Podcast.